Welcome to the Xander Sears Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Xander Sears. Let's just get right into it. You know, first off, the Bengals and and the Rams, they made me look like a genius last week. You know, I, I said that they were going to win. I picked them to win, both teams to win, and they did. And not only that, I mean, Joe Mixon had a better rushing day. And we'll talk about that game first, the Bengals and the Chiefs. Joe Mixon uh, had a better rushing day. They, he had, he was the top rusher in that game with 88 yards. The Chiefs had a better better running game. They had 139 yards on the ground. So they had a better team running running game. But Joe Mixon was the top rusher in that game with, with 88 yards. So I said Joe Mixon is, is uh, the best running back playing in that game, and he was. So... That made me look like a genius, and and you know, everyone won who I said was gonna win. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna wait until next week to to give my prediction on who's gonna win the Super Bowl. But last week I, I was on point. So, um, Bengals win twenty seven twenty four over the Chiefs. Uh, I mean it was it was a good game to watch, um, and and you know, on top of that, you know. Hill, Tyreek Hill. That was that was seems to be the only thing I I was wrong about. I mean Tyreek Hill um outperformed Jamar Chase, which I said Jamar Chase was had the edge edge over Tyreek Hill. But Jamar Chase um had had fifty four yards receiving. Tyreek Hill had seventy eight. Neither of those guys were the top receivers in in the game though. There's only one guy who who caught four 100 yards or more. T. Higgins caught for 103 yards. So nobody really had a real big game between Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill, but T. Higgins came out and and played well. Nobody rushed for 100 yards in that game. So, um, but you know, but it was it was a good game. It came down to it in the end, and and it was it was a close game and. And it was fun to watch. So uh, it was a very enjoyable game. Um, and, you know, and I, I said I like Joe Burrow and and Patrick Mahomes. I like both of them. I do. But I thought that Joe Burrow had a better supporting cast. I don't know, but Joe Burrow looked good. He did. And I honestly think, you know, now there might be another... There's there he's gonna be an an elite quarterback in the NFL for a very long time, and you know who knows this might just be this is his first this, look at what he's done in his first full season in the NFL. This is his first full season. So what is he gonna do over the next couple of years? What's one when he has more experience, and two I think the the Bengals are just going to continue to get better. So what are what is gonna happen when he has an even better supporting cast. I mean, I don't know how you get much better of a running back. I mean, Joe Mixon is a pretty good running back, but, you know, I think that the the Bengals are just going to continue to get better and better and better, and it's going to be hard to stop him. It's going to be hard to stop Joe Burrow. Same thing like it's become with, with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs look like 
they're going to be the next dynasty. I mean, they continue to go year after year after year playing in in for the conference championship every year. So Patrick Mahomes is is obviously an elite quarterback. He's proven that he's proven that he is top 10 in the league. So he's he's proven that, he's been proven that. Now it's time for Joe Burrow to prove that and right now it's looking like he is proving that. So Joe Burrow, uh, I'm thoroughly impressed with what he's done. Um I mean, you see a lot of of teams, you know, struggle and then get that first overall pick and and they take a quarterback. I mean, it always seems to be a quarterback, but they take a quarterback they take a chance on this guy. You don't know what he's going to be like until, you know, you get him into game situations. And it always seems like it's a, like, more often than not, it's a bust. Joe Burrow does not seem to be a bust. I mean, obviously, it's his, like I said, I mean, it's his first full season. Just like he hasn't proven himself to be a, to be good, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's going to keep it up. But right now, he doesn't look like, He's a bust, you know. So, uh, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with that with him. I'm I'm impressed with what he did this weekend, and and not just this weekend, but pretty much this whole season. I mean, he goes out, and he he not only is now playing in the Super Bowl, but he he goes and he's playing in a pretty tough division with the teams that he has around him in that division, and he goes and wins the division. So. He's not, he's not a, 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 he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, the guy is, is, is inexperienced and is able to do that. I mean, that's insane. I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson was out for part of the year and stuff like that. And, you know, but Big Ben, he's been around for a long time and he sure does know how to win, win football games. So for him to, to be in a position where 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 they are at the top of that division and you know the browns are 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 turning it around a little bit so i mean for him to win the division in his first full season in the nfl that's pretty impressive to me so joe burrow i'm thoroughly impressed with him um i have been impressed with patrick mahomes for years uh, I think that was a phenomenal matchup, and I and I don't think we've seen the the last of this matchup in the playoffs. I think you're going to see this matchup pop up multiple times over the course of these guys' career, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. I really do. Um, I think there's a, a bunch of quarterbacks that I, I'm really excited to see face off uh, over the next couple of years. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of, of young talent, Justin Herbert being one of them, Josh Allen being one of them. I mean, all these young quarterbacks, it's going to be fun to watch them fight in the playoffs for for years to come. I mean, the, the worst part of it is, is there's so many young quarterbacks, such great young talent that, you know, not all of them are going to be able to make it into the playoffs each year. You know, so it, it sucks, but you're not going to see every single one of them in the playoffs, which, you know, n- might suck because you don't see them in the playoffs. But at the same time, 
it it makes for better football. It does. Because now if you have more teams competing for that for that last spot to get into the playoffs, now the the end of the regular season has more of that playoff feel to it. And I'm excited for that. That's that's going to be super exciting to watch over the over the course of the of the next few years here. So, I'm I'm really excited for that and seeing seeing what happens with with these young quarterbacks. I'm I'm really excited to see them grow up and and see what they morph into here. Now, let's talk about the 49ers and the Rams. That was that was a fun game to watch too. Um Rams beating the 49ers 20 to 17. You know, I I said the Rams were going to win too. So, um I looked pretty good last week. So, um shout out to the Rams and and the Bengals for making me look good. Uh but um you know, I I think this Super Bowl is going to be exciting. Like I said, I'm not going to reveal who I think is going to win until next week. But this Super Bowl is going to be exciting. Uh two great teams, uh two quarterbacks that I, that I'm excited to see face off. I'm excited for it. It's going to be super exciting. So, uh let's just wait and see uh what happens, but you know, I I'm super excited about that. But anyway, um the 49ers and the Rams, I mean, they both played, they played a, a good game. It's a close game. It's a three-point game. I mean, obviously, um, in the playoffs, it's going to be close. I mean, it's hard to blow a team out in the playoffs. It is. But, you know, now, so the 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 49ers and the Rams, I, I don't necessarily like either of the quarterbacks that played. Matthew Stafford, though, I liked more than Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said. Um, but Matthew Stafford had a better passing day. He he passed for 326 yards. So that's pretty good for him. So, And then the 49ers only passed for 200, 232 yards. So, for, so a, a little under 100-yard difference there. In, in passing yards there. So, you know, and I, and I, and I said, said it last week, I think that the Rams have a better receiving core. They, they really do. I don't even, I don't even think that that's up for discussion at this point. The Rams just have a better receiving core. It, it's pretty much a fact at this point that the Rams have a better receiving core than the 49ers. Cooper Cup, he caught, uh, for 142 yards. And then OBJ, he catches for, 113 yards. So right there, I mean, you have right around 250 yards, just over 250 yards right there between two guys. So, I mean, that's, that is, I mean, who are you going to stop? I mean, I don't care if you have the best secondary in the NFL. I mean, there's so many pieces in that, in that, in that receiving core, I mean, what? Who do? You, who are you going to stop? And even though you know Matthew Stafford not necessarily the best quarterback in the NFL, he can still throw it to these guys. He's still an NFL quarterback. And if you have this caliber of receivers, then then you should be able to to get it done. And he, and he did. And he's in the playoff uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, he won his first playoff game of his career. 
uh, this season. So congrats to him on, on making it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, take taking us back to the offseason, I mean, this whole deal with with swapping quarterbacks between the Rams, I mean, between the Rams and, and the Lions, it's looking like a pretty good deal right now for the Rams. I don't know if if Jared Goff, if Jared Goff is the quarterback, I don't know if the Rams are in the spot that they're in right now. I really don't. And and he's another quarterback who went high in the draft. And, you know, say what you will, he's a bust, okay? Jared Goff is a bust. So he, he should not have gone as high as he, as he did. But the Rams, that was a good deal for the Rams. Now, I understand, you know, maybe the Lions go out and get uh, and get a, a good young quarterback or at least a quarterback that they that they hope can develop. So I understand where that the appeal on that side is get trade a little bit of experience and and maybe a little bit of skill for some youth, a guy who can be around for a little while and hopefully you can develop and build your team around. I I get that. But right now I'm saying 150% the Rams won that trade over the offseason looking at where where these guys have gone. You know, I I have never been impressed with Jared Goff whether he be in Detroit or he be with the Rams. I I have never been impressed with Jared Goff. So, you know, I I am impressed with with what Matthew Stafford has has done in in the playoffs. So, you know, he he's he's played very well. And and you know, like I said, over 250 yards from two guys. I mean, who do you who do you cover? I mean, you you can't double team both of these guys. Really, you really can't. So, I I was thoroughly impressed with with that game with the play of the Rams and, and stuff like that. And and you know, you could tell that the 49ers were quite frustrated at times and and stuff like that. So, you know, and you know, I don't I don't know what the future holds for for Jimmy Garoppolo and and stuff like that, but maybe if you have a better quarterback, maybe the 49ers beat the Rams cuz it, it was a close game. I do think that that if you eliminate the quarterback conversation, I do think that the that the Rams are still are still a better team than the 49ers. I, I I said that last week. But with that being said, the 49ers, if you get one more touchdown, you win that game. I mean, it's 20 to 17. It's a three-point game. So, I mean, and that, that brings us back to, to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, maybe you get past the Rams. So, you know, I, th- I think that the 49ers had a good run this year. Same thing with the Chiefs. They both had a good run this year. Um, but it's, it's it's I'm I'm super excited to see this Super Bowl. I think that this is going to be a super fun Super Bowl to watch. Um and and you know, I I think that I mean, I think it's going to be a must-see game. I think it's going to be a a, a game full of highlights of a game full of of two quarterbacks fighting it out, trying to win their their 
first Super Bowls in both of these quarterbacks' first Super Bowl appearances after both quarterbacks winning their first uh, first playoff game earlier this year. So it, it's exciting. It's going to be a, a nice a nice game to watch. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun fight to watch. I really do. I really do think that. So um I will reveal what I think who's going to win next week, but I I think it's going to be a close game. Either way, either way it goes, Bengals or Rams, it's going to be a close game. Just like both of these games. I mean, if you get to this point in the in the playoffs, you obviously have a little bit of you have a good team. So you're going to you're going to be able to keep up with the other team. These are these are the two two best teams in the NFL right now because they they beat out everyone else. These are the last two standing teams. So these two teams it, it it's going to be tough to blow out each other. I think it's going to be a good fun game. It's just going to be really fun to watch. So I'm excited about it. Um so um anyways, so let's just move on here. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars named Doug Peterson as their new head coach. My opinion, I like this move. I do. Um, I mean, look at look at his resume. You have a, a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who maybe struggled a little bit this year. He needs to he needs to have a, a, a offensive minded guy maybe to take him under his wing so he can learn and 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 try to develop his game a little bit more and try to and try to develop into a an elite quarterback cuz right now he's not an elite quarterback and right now he I don't think he's ready to lead a team into the playoffs I really don't but I I think that with the right guidance he could be there and of course with the right supporting cast he does not have the right the the right guys around him right now. I think he needs to get himself a receiver out there and and stuff like that before he is he's ready to to be to make that jump into the playoffs and and try to go on a run. But that's a totally different story. But if you look at Peterson, I mean he he won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback in Nick Foles with the Eagles. So that's that's pretty impressive to me. You don't even have your starter. Your starting quarterback is out. And you're able to to get this to get your backup through this and push him into into the playoffs, get him into the playoffs because Nick Foles didn't just take over in the playoffs. So he he got him into the playoffs and then I you know and and I understand Nick Foles might have played well and I understand that, but Let's not let's not you know devalue what Doug Peterson did. The guy got a a backup quarterback to lead a team to a Super Bowl win. That that's crazy. So so Nick Foles, he comes in, he takes over, he gets he gets Philadelphia to the playoffs. Then he wins he wins games and gets them to the Super Bowl. And then he beats one of the best he beat he beats one of the best 
when it comes to winning games, Tom Brady. So that's pretty good. Now, if you look at his resume, he's a former quarterback himself. He's a former quarterback. He's a former quarterback coach, and he's a former offensive coordinator. So he is obviously a an offensive-minded guy. He's obviously a guy who's going to think of offense first. He's obviously a guy who knows a little bit about the quarterback position and how to help develop those guys. So hopefully that he's able to develop Trevor Lawrence a little bit. I don't want him to to end up being a bust. And I and I liked in college when when Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence were going at it. So I want to see a little bit of that in the NFL. I think that's a compelling storyline in the NFL. So I want the Jaguars to get to that point. I really do and I, and I think that's going to be some some great football to watch. And I think I don't know if the Jaguars are ready to compete next year, but I think Doug Peterson is going to to push him in the right direction. I really do. And I think that hopefully he's able to, you know, whisper in in Trevor Lawrence's ear and and develop him into an elite quarterback like they drafted. They wanted they needed a a franchise quarterback. Jaguars I I don't remember the last time the Jaguars were good. So, you know, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see what Doug Peterson can come in and do. I mean, a coach can do a lot with the team. He's an offensive-minded guy. That's what Trevor Lawrence needs right now. He does. And a guy who's going to be able to to take Trevor under his wing, show him the right way to play the position, develop him and push him towards the playoffs, get him ready to play. So I think Doug Peterson is that guy. I really do. I mean, I don't know who else better to hire unless you're going to hire Tom Brady himself now that he's retired to come in and, and, and try to, to, to develop Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, Doug Peterson, I think that this is the right move for the Jaguars right now. And, you know, I, I, listen, I would, I would, if I'm the Jaguars, I'd say, okay, I don't even care about the defensive side of the ball right now. I wouldn't even care about it. I would, I am, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm focusing solely on the offensive side of the ball and developing my quarterback, my quarterback of the future, which is Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to, to uh, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm abandoning the defensive side of the ball for the moment so I can develop my quarterback. Now, I'm not saying do that forever. I'm not saying doing that doing that even for a, a long period of time. Do that this year, maybe, maybe next year. Now, l- focus more on the defensive side of the ball when Trevor Lawrence is set, ready to go, and you know that you can consistently count on him to get things done on the offensive side of the ball. Right now, you need to build pieces around Trevor Lawrence and bringing coaches like like the Jaguars are doing, bringing coaches that are going to help him develop his game and get to the next level. You know, Trevor Lawrence has the skill set. We've seen that in college. We've seen him flashes of that over the course of the season, last season, but... We have to push him 
to 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 be better. You have to to get the guys around him who are going to help him out. And I and I think that's what that's what Doug Peterson is going to do. I love this move by the Jaguars. I I absolutely love it. I I I don't know who who would be better for this position. I think that this is a fantastic move. I love this move by the Jaguars, and I'm really excited to see how it pans out. I think this is the right hire for the job right now with what Trevor Lawrence needs. So I'm super excited to see what Trevor Lawrence is, is going to to morph into over the over the next couple of years under Doug, Doug Peterson. I think that this is going to be such a great uh, such a great matchup here quarterback and coach. I really do. So I'm excited to see what happens. I think that Trevor Lawrence is is now going to have the help he needs coaching wise and hopefully during the draft the Jaguars can go out get somebody offensively, a receiver, a, a running back, or even a linesman that can that can help protect him a little bit. You know, you see what happens when you have a young guy, and, and I mean, we saw it last year with the Bengals, if you have a young guy and you don't protect him. So I'm excited to see what the Jaguars do. I think that the Jaguars have a lot of potential right now, and I think that Trevor Lawrence is is now has the help he he he's needed. I don't think he's had it, but I think he has it now, and I I think that this is going to be a a great move for the Jaguars. You know, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how they do. Now, uh, one thing I I would like to to start doing is every week I I want to go over. I'm going to pick a position in a, in a sport and I'm going to go over who I think is the top 10 players in that position in the sport. So um, this week I'm, I'm going to go over the uh, the best running backs in the NFL. So who, who I think the best running backs in the NFL are. Now, this isn't just based off of stats. This is based off of, of what, I, uh, what I've seen out of these guys and, and what I think these guys can do. So... It's not solely based off of stats. So it's not just like, oh, this guy led the league in rushing. This is who I think. It's not like that. So it's it really is it's gonna be based off of what I solely based off of what I've seen out of these guys and what I think the direction I think that they can go. Now, number ten, um, I'm gonna go with Leonard Fournette. He's a he he's on the Buccaneers. Um he he's had this season he had 180 touches and he ran for 812 yards now he didn't have a 1000 yard rushing season not a lot of guys had a 1000 yard rushing season so um and and i understand he was playing with tom tom brady and and you know maybe that helps you um in the running game when when the passing game is that much of a threat but i i think fournette is a solid running back. I really do. I think he's a phenomenal running back, and I think that that for a long time the Buccaneers can lean on him until they find their quarterback of the future. Because Tom's gone, you don't have have really a, a, an option number two. So I think that their run game is going to be what they're going to have to lean on for a while here in Tampa Bay. 
Now, number nine, Melvin Gordon of the Broncos. I I think he's a good I think he's a good back. I really do. Um, he he uh, this season he had a hundred and uh, two hundred three touches for nine hundred eighteen yards. So, not bad there. Just just under that that one thousand yard rushing season plateau. Um, but I mean I think he's a good back, and I and I think you know the Broncos have a good running back for whoever they have at quarterback next year, whether that be Aaron Rodgers or not. So I think that he's he's going to be a good back, and, and I think that the Broncos are going to have to lean on him if they don't get a good quarterback. So I'm excited to see what uh, what Hackett does with, with Melvin Gordon uh, in his offensive systems because he's an offensively-minded guy, and I'm excited to see how those guys work together. So that'll be exciting. I'm excited to see what Melvin Gordon can do, and I want to see him get to that 1,000-yard plateau next year. So number eight for me is Najee Harris for the Steelers. I think that, that he's a really good back. Uh, Big Ben uh, came out and said, you know, he he thinks that he's a the best running back he's ever played with. You know, I don't know if I agree with that. He he's played with some some uh, great quarterbacks. I mean, running backs, um, Le'Veon Bell being one of them. So I don't know if if he's the best running back that Big Ben has ever played with, but he is he is a a very good back. Uh, he had a, a three hundred and seven touches, and he did get over that one thousand yard uh, rushing plateau. So he had a, a thousand yard rushing season. 1,200 yards uh, for him. So I think he's really good. I think that, um, unfortunately, he's going to be suffering in Pittsburgh for a little while because they, they are gonna, I think they're going to have a little bit of trouble finding their next quarterback. But I think he's a really good back, and I think he's another guy that they're going to have to lean on for a while until they find the quarterback of, their, of the future. So... A lot of these guys uh, so far, I mean, um, don't really have solid quarterbacks that they're going to have to lean on for the next couple years. So um, I think that they're good backs, but I think they're going to be suffering for the next couple years. So, But I, I'm excited to see when the, run, when the running game is your biggest weapon on offense, how, how good these guys can be. So I'm excited to see that. Another guy who's not going to have a good quarterback for a long time, I I don't think is is my never number seventh pick, Alvin Kamara, from the Saints. I don't think that he is going to have a good quarterback for a long time. Drew Brees is gone, so, I mean they ha- they don't have a good quarterback since Brees was gone. I think you're going to have a while until you have another good quarterback come through through, with the Saints. I mean the Saints just lost their coach, so they're they're mad scrambling trying to find another coach, which good luck trying to find one is good. So I think Kamara's gonna have to to suffer in in New Orleans for a while. He had two hundred and forty touches for for eight hundred and ninety eight yards this season. So he didn't get to a thousand yards, but I think that he's going to the next couple seasons and I think they're going to lean on him heavily over the next couple seasons until that they until they can develop their pass game again since Drew Brees is gone. So now my my number 6 pick uh is Ezekiel Elliott 
he has um a good quarterback with him. I mean, um Dak had had a, a phenomenal year this year and and so he so he does have a a good passing game with him. You know, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott I think has felt fallen off last couple of years. Uh, but I think that he had a good bounce back season this year. I really do. But you know, a few years ago he'd have been number one, number two on my list. He's he's fallen down to to number six out of the top five. But I still do think that he's a, a very good running back. I think that he's a powerful running back. And I think that that he he is phenomenal in in Dallas. So I think that they're gonna be very dangerous over the next couple of years. Uh their offense is at least I think that that they're going to be super dangerous. Um, so he he had two hundred thirty seven touches for one thousand two yards. So he got over that that one thousand mark. He had a one thousand uh, yard rushing season. So so that's pretty good for him. Um, so I, uh, I I I still like him, even though he's he's fallen off a little bit. I still think he's a phenomenal running back, um, and and he's on my top ten list. And he's not at the bottom of my top ten list either. He he's sixth, so uh, I think that he's he's still a really good running back. Now, for my top five, um, I I I really think really highly of these guys. Obviously, um, for my top five list. Now, I didn't put my top five guys were not all a thousand rushing yard uh a thousand rushing yards, but all of them were except for one. So Nick Chubb. Um, for the Browns, he he actually did have a thousand rushing yards. He rushed for uh, one thousand two hundred fifty nine yards, and and he uh, rushed the ball two hundred twenty eight times this season. So, you know, Nick Chubb, I you know like the guys below Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think that he has a good quarterback, and I don't think he will for a long time. I don't know why, but Cleveland cannot draft quarterbacks. They have a good running back. They do. Okay. I think Nick Chubb is a phenomenal running back. And and I think that he's going to be very, very difficult for for teams to shut down for a very long time. But do I think that their passing game is an elite passing game? I do not. I don't think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. I think he's a turnover machine. And I don't think that the Browns have a good good passing game. But I do think that Nick Chubb is a very good bright spot on that offense. And I think that Nick Chubb is going to be a guy to lean on for for many many years in in Cleveland now until that they finally find a quarterback. Now number 4, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, another guy I don't think has a good quarterback. Um but you know, maybe maybe that's kind of a, maybe that's Maybe there's some some type of correlation there to being a good running back and not having a a good quarterback. Maybe you need you need to be leaned on a little bit and have pressure on you to run that offense to be a good running back. So Jonathan Taylor, uh, he had the most rushing yards out of anyone um, in the NFL this season, which um, I didn't put him number one because it's not just based off of stats. This is just my opinion, but 
Uh, I didn't put him number one, but I, I do still think he's a phenomenal running back. Um, he had 332 touches this season, and he rushed for almost he almost rushed for 2,000 yards this season. He only he he rushed for 1,811 yards, so he almost rushed for 2,000 yards. So that's pretty good. That really is. He 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 rushed for for double what what a lot of running backs rushed for this year. So he 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 really had a, a really good year this season. So um I put him at number four on my list. Um however I, I do think he's a phenomenal running back. Now number three, um I had Del uh, Delvin Cook from uh the Minnesota Vikings. He he had 249 touches this uh this season, 1,159 yards. Um he he's a good he's a he's a phenomenal running back. Now listen, I, I think that he has um not a bad quarterback, but I don't think he has a great quarterback. So I think that, that their offense is gonna have to run off of him for a little bit. I think that he can handle it though. He got over he he had over a thousand yards. He played phenomenal and and I think that he, he really is I think he is a top five running back in the NFL right now. So, you know, I think you're gonna have to lean on him a little bit for a little while until the Vikings get a really, really good quarterback. But I I, I think that he's played very, very well in the time that he has had the ball. Now, Joe Mixon of the Bengals, that's who I have at number two. Um, I mean, obviously, he's a phenomenal running back. He got into, I mean, obviously, he's not the whole team, but he got into um, he got into the, the, the Super Bowl uh, phenomenal week this, last, this past week um, against the Chiefs. So um, I, I think he's a phenomenal running back. This season, two, uh, 292 touches, 1,205 yards. So he got over 1,000 yards. So he's he's a phenomenal running back. I do think so. And I think that, I mean, either way you slice it, the Bengals' offense is reliant on somebody named Joe, even Joe, either Joe Mixon or Joe Burrow. So uh, Joe Mixon, I, I think, is a phenomenal running back. I think he's a great complementary player to a, a great quarterback like like Joe Burrow. I think that since their their passing game is so lethal, and then they have a phenomenal running game to to uh, to complement it and back that up, I think that this offense is very dangerous. I I really like Joe Mixon. He's top five to me. He's he's the second best running back in the NFL to me right now. Now my number one pick is oddly enough the only guy in my top five who did not rush for more than 1,000 yards. He was close. It's Derrick Henry of the uh, Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, he was hurt. That's why he didn't hit that 1,000-yard plateau. So he was hurt for a little while and stuff like that. So, But he had 219 touches for 937 yards. So he was close. He was in the 900s. He was close to that 1,000-yard mark, even though he was hurt. So... I love Derrick Henry. He's a big, strong running back. He's fast. 
I mean, I don't know how you bring this guy down. Seriously. If if he's running at you full speed, how do you take that guy down? I mean, the guy is is he's not a small running back. I mean, you, you look at running backs, you, they're sometimes they're small. I mean, they're short. They can they can weave in and out of people and that, and that's kind of their style. Derrick Henry is a power running back. Yes, he's got some speed to him, and yes that he can he can he can blow by you with his speed, but that's not his biggest his biggest attribute in my mind. He is a big strong guy and he's going to run through you, not around you. So Derrick Henry, he is in my mind the best running back in the NFL right now. I don't know who who would be above him. Um, even though he didn't hit that a thousand yards, like I said, um, I think that he is the best running back in the NFL right now. I think he's been the best running back in the NFL for a, a number of years, and I think he's going to continue to be. I don't know how you slow this guy down. I mean, I don't care what you do. You can you can try to hang as many guys off of him as you want. You can you can do whatever you want. The guy is just a big, strong, solid guy. How do you bring him down? If you want to put bigger, stronger guys on him and try to take him down that way, bring bring in bring in more defensive linesmen against him and and try to shut him down that way, he's still got the foot speed and he'll still beat you outside and go for a long run. I don't know how you stop this guy. And I think he's going to be very very tough to beat for a very long time. I think the only only way he stops being this dominant is if if his, if his body takes the abuse that it is with being a power running back and getting hit like that every play. That's the only way I see him slowing down cuz I don't think, you know, you watch film, you like what are you going to what are you going to do? You watch film, you continue to see what is his weakness. There what are you going to do? There what you can't you can't bring this dude down. He's a big, strong running back, and I don't know how you tackle him. I think he is the best running back in the NFL right now. I think that there's no questions about it. Joe Mixon is a good uh, running back. I, I do think that as well. He's he's the guy I have number two, but I don't even think that my number two guy even compares to Derrick Henry right now. I don't know how you take him down. I think he's a phenomenal running back and and I I want to see him I want to see him in the NFL for for a really long time. I hope his career lasts a long time. It's really really fun to watch him to watch him play. Now, moving on away from that, um Major League Baseball um there's been some some discussions about um a renewed collective bargaining agreement between Major League Baseball and um the MLBPA. So they they're kind of discussing that um and and both sides have have offered different things and and, and both sides have have denied it and stuff like that. Now, with that being said, Major League Baseball asks for um a federal mediator to help end the lockout. Major League Baseball, the owners, they want this to end they, uh, before the season starts. They want to start signing guys. They want to get everything ready 
because you know spring training is is supposed to be be starting momentarily here so they want they want these guys to 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 start getting ready and stuff but you can't do that if unless you get this collective bargaining agreement done so the MLB asks for a federal mediator however the MLBPA needs to agree on it so with that being said both parties have met already four times with no progress they they've they've both offered things they've both declined things they they keep trying to negotiate so they've met four times already and but they want MLB wants the mediator the MLBPA came back and said no they don't want they don't want the the federal uh, mediator so now at this point it it really is just kind of of a standoff we we just got to kind of keep an eye on it what happens in the next couple weeks but i really hope that this gets resolved soon before april rolls around or or before uh spring training games are supposed to start because i really don't want to see um the the season get pushed back or or anything like that so i hope that we get um all the games in this this major league baseball season and the collective bargaining agreement is is resolved at some point soon. Now I don't I don't know if that means that this mediator needs to be present or or we need to call this mediator in or anything like that, but all I'm saying is I hope that it gets resolved at some point uh soon because I I really hope that that we don't miss the beginning of of the season. So I'm I'm excited for 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 baseball to return. I always am every year. Every really every sport I'm excited to uh, to see return every year, so you know with with COVID and stuff I I've I've been um, quite upset when when the sports kind of go um, on on pause for a moment. So I really hope that that Major League Baseball starts at its normal time and and gets up and running so so we can go watch some some baseball. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it over the next couple weeks, uh, but right now. Uh, we're kind of at a standstill in terms of the ne- negotiations, um, Major League Baseball and uh, Major League Baseball Players Association just not seeing eye to eye right now. Um, and I and I, you know, I I just really hope that we get back on track and and can can um, get baseball back on time. Now, uh, next thing I want to talk about is the Olympics. Uh, the Winter Olympics, uh, 2022 uh, Olympics coming up in the next couple days. Uh, it's actually already started, but um, I'm, I'm going to talk about some events that are coming up over the next couple days. Uh, Beijing Olympics. Um, so the Olympics are running like right now. They started on the 4th. They're running through the 20th. So um, right now uh, we're... we're we're kind of getting into the swing of things in, in terms of the competitions and stuff. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, but I, I, I just really want to talk about um, U.S. men's hockey and uh, U.S. women's hockey. The, um, those are kind of the two events that I want to talk about. Um, the U.S. men's hockey, uh, of course, uh, the only schedules that have come out for either of these teams, whether it be the men's or the women, it's only the preliminary rounds that have come out Um 
on the schedule because we don't know what's going to happen. But um, looking at the two schedules, it really seems like the U.S. the U.S. women's team has a much tougher schedule than the U.S. men's team. So um, the U.S. men's team um, thir- on Thursday the tenth they play China. So um, we're going to see the the Chinese national team doesn't normally um, have a good um, ice hockey team. So that should be um, hopefully a win for the U.S. men's hockey team. So we're we're gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that. We're gonna keep an eye on that and and see how they do. But um, that should be a fairly a fairly um, easy game for. All things considered, I mean, obviously, no game is going to be easy in the the Olympics. But all things considered, um, I think that that should be one of their easier games that they have to play. So, and then on uh, Saturday the twelfth, they play Canada, which I think is going to be an an, uh, an exciting game, but an extremely hard game. I mean, obviously, it's always difficult. Um, playing Canada, I mean Canada, Russia, uh, Sweden, those teams are always tough to play against. So uh, that's going to be a tough game, um, but that's really the only game that really seems to be that tough in the preliminary rounds to me for for the men's team. So um, we'll watch that game uh, and and see how they do. But I think that's really kind of their toughest their toughest matchup in the preliminary rounds uh, for the men's team. But obviously if they get through the preliminaries and stuff like that, and and they're going to have tougher opponents, but Canada right now on their schedule is the toughest opponent that, that the men's team has. Now, Sunday the 13th, they play Germany, which Germany is not, is not, known as as a big hockey country either. So I think it's I think that's another easier game for uh for the men's for the men's team, but I mean, I think I think Saturday's game against Canada is going to be tougher than than Sunday's game against Germany. But so I think that the only way in my opinion, the only way that that the men's team runs into trouble against Germany is if Canada really beats them up on Saturday, hits them hard and they get tired and then the next day they got to play Germany. So that's the only way that I see Team USA having any problems with Germany. But I think that that China and Germany are quite weak opponents um when it comes to the men's team and then Canada is going to be a little tougher. Uh now for the women's um the women's are already uh, won their opener. Uh, they beat Finland on uh, on th- uh, Thursday the third. So they already beat um, Finland. That was that was a five two win. So that that's good to start. I mean, Finland's a little bit harder than than the the men's schedule. I I think except for Canada, but Finland is better than 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 China or Germany. So. So that uh so shout out to the women's team for winning their first game. Now, the rest of their schedule is insanely hard. They're they're both going to be tough games to win. So this is why I think that the women's schedule is is 
10 times harder than the men's schedule. Um, Saturday the 5th, which is the day that, that this podcast is coming out, um, the men, the women's team has to play Russia. So they're always a tough match. Uh, like I said earlier, Russia, Canada, um, Sweden, those guys are always really tough for us to, to face. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that game. Um, so watch it, um, tonight, but you know, that, that's, that's already a a tough opponent. That's already two opponents tougher than the men's schedule. Um, the women's schedule is, is a lot harder, but you know, good thing that they were able to, to get past Finland and, and get off on the right foot and, and, and start us off, uh, going in the right direction. So, so that's good. Now, Monday the 7th, so the women's team has a little bit more time to rest than than the um men's team because they got to play Saturday and Sunday. But the women's team they play uh they play um but the, obviously they're not the same week, but uh the the women's team plays Saturday and then Monday. So they have a day in between. So the women's team um will then play their uh, last preliminary um, game on Monday the 7th against Canada. So they got to play Finland, Russia, and Canada. The men's team plays China, Canada, and Germany. So that's why I say the women's team has a much tougher schedule coming up in, in the uh, the Olympics than, than the men's team does. I think it's going to be a crazy um, next two games for the women's team. I think it's going to be insanely hard for them to to get through but you know team USA I think um I mean obviously they can do it. So do I think it's going to be tough? Yes, but do I think that they can beat Russia and Canada? Yeah. I mean we've we've beaten Russia and Canada multiple times in the Olympics. I think that that these two teams are are tough but not unbeatable. So the men's team I think they're going to they're going to have a much easier path to to much easier path in the preliminary. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it, but uh that's my opinion. I think that the women's uh the women's schedule is is much tougher. They got uh the short end of the stick when it comes to uh the schedule and and uh but you know, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. I uh I think that that if the schedule's tough or not, it's going to be fun to watch, you know. So uh, that's going to be that's going to be super fun um, to keep an eye on. Um, I think the Olympics is always just such a fun time, uh, not just hockey, but that's just um, the only events that I'm going to cover because uh, there's just so many. I mean, uh, if I if I cover all of them, where do I draw the, draw the line? You know. So um, I'm I'm super excited. Um, about watching the Olympics, it's it's a super fun time. So, it's gonna be fun. Um, we'll keep an eye on 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 these two teams, men's and women's, but also on the other events and and uh, so it's gonna be exciting. So that's that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you for listening to the Xander Sears Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Xander Sears.